You can't have a conversation about creative places, hacker spaces, or really cool semi-secret places to go in Berlin without a mention of the underground crashed space station and hackerspace, Seabase. Not surprisingly, on this program, we've already visited this magnet of community activity as it serves as the meeting place and a hangout for a long list of technological and socio-political organizations and groups, both formal and informal. This summer at the Chaos Communication Camp 2015, Seabay celebrated its 20th birthday, 20 years of existence. And today on the program, that celebration continues as we introduce the space and hear from some of its crew as they recount their first experiences stepping into Seabase, what it means to them today, and some wonderful or odd moments that they will never forget. From Wikimedia Deutschland, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro, and this is Source Code Berlin. We start off today with an excellent guide, Mirko Fitchner, aka Macro, a programmer and improvisational theater enthusiast. He's also a longtime member and observer of Seabase. He's watched the evolution of the space, the ups and downs, and everything in between since the 90s. So, who better to start off the conversation with, beginning with the most important question what is Seabase? <laughs> Um, Seabase is a little bit difficult to explain because uh, it is a lot. So basically, we are um, a kind of a hackerspace or what people uh, call a hackerspace now. But I think Seabase is a little bit more. We are a spaceship, uh, which is crashed uh, and it's now under Berlin so we have a kind of a story and um, we we also we have a lot of room and a lot of people uh, meeting each other in our um, uh, venue so the venue is really big and uh, looks like a spaceship a part of Seabase is a hacker space but it is only a part of it in a way so we we have a hackerspace inside so um i'm uh Suski, a crew member of seabase uh for the past three and a half years at the start it was my second week in berlin after moving to the town i met a, a friend um, in a co-working space who was on his way to seabase and i immediately asked him kind of wanted to tag along because i heard about seabase and i just wanted to see it and um it happened to be the uh, wednesday evening when the vorstand uh, is meeting and uh, Usually, uh, all new members need to be um, approved by the Vorstand. So um, I went to Seabase, um, immediately fell in love with the place and immediately kind of went like, okay, I need a membership appliance paper and found one and uh, filled it. And then a few hours later, after the Vorstand meeting was over, I was a Seabase member. That was the love at first sight 
pr probably towards the space and but then uh, for the kind of next six months because I was new in town I didn't really know anyone I was uh, just kind of sometimes hanging around at Seabase and drinking beer kind of talking to a few people mostly bringing my own friends to Seabase and and not interacting that much with the rest of the crew and or uh, with the station at all and uh, but luckily that changed with one Friday evening a crew member from Seabase uh, came to me and 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 we talked and and she asked then that um, do you have time next weekend we're painting the conference room at sea base because it needs a bit more needs a bit more paint and it, it needs to be integrated more into the station and not just a white room hmm. so i had time and i said yes okay let's do it and and that was the kind of the first start for my path to become a real crew member and be part of the community because during that weekend there was time to communicate with the people and it was time to see the people and then people could see that okay we have a new member they kind of sort of noticed me and then they saw that I'm contributing to the station and not just kind of I'm actually willing to do stuff yeah. and it's an evolving process of reconstruction so it's always nice to have a bit more of the station uh, reconstructed to its kind of former for, former glory yeah. so kind of that was the path and how I have found my place at the station as a crew member and I kind of now compared to the first half year and compared to now it's like right, right now I can see say that I'm really uh well integrated to the community and to the crew and it has become well i call it the extension of my living room i just have a short slightly longer walk from my bath, uh, bedroom to my extension of my living room yes takes 15 minutes by metro You've heard what Seabase is, and we'll keep coming back to different versions of that today. But one thing that sets this place apart has got to be the way it is decorated and configured. Being a crashed space station in the middle of Berlin could only mean that, well, at first glance, it blends in with the urban surroundings, looking like any other building along the Spree River. But then, from the moment you go past the first doorway, you're transported into another world where time, place, even identity seem to bend and morph into something else. And all of that is aided by what you see around you. I'm member since 1998. So three years after um, the beginning, maybe second generation a little bit. So um, um, after three years, people leave, uh, other people come. My first experience was um, there's a door uh, in a in a that was in a first yard and it uh, looked totally normal from the outside and then this door opened and there was um, air a kind of an airlock and it looks so awesome and you know you you go in uh, in that door and it was a complete different world that was really the feeling of that and then um, you talk to people on a bar and spend don't know it feels like two hours or something but it was the next morning i stepped out uh yeah my name is woodworker on seabase uh also a lot of people just call me woody um the first time i went to seabase was um actually hack weekend about uh, android there was uh this whole weekend about yeah we could create um 
Android apps uh, or Android connected apps or mobile connected apps was really really nice experience. There were, were a lot of people uh, hacking. Yeah, we could just build that and that and try it out. And, and then there were people really really focused and, and they they worked for 24 hours straight i was i was going home and coming back and the p people still sit on their place and still hacking and I said, do, do you slap no no just hacking <laughs> so and this was so i even got a more condensed version of seabase when i was first time there it's really okay seabase really awesome surrounding really looks like space station i also had had a tour on my f first day there and was really amazing and then then also the 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 uh the hack, hack event on on android for that weekend was really really condensed and that's why um that was really the first time i went to seabase and a week later i uh, said okay i need to i need to be remembering that it's, it's, this place is too crazy and there are so many really crazy people i want to be part of that and that's how i got to seabase I founded um, a small um, um, company for websites, making websites, and I was uh, uh, artistic director of that. And uh, internet was really new. It was the beginning of the uh, 1.0. Um, nobody knows exactly what, what internet was, but it was really that's the coming uh, thing. And then uh, you met a lot of people who are doing it in, in agencies or um, are administrators or graphic designers or web designers. And um, you can exchange knowledge there uh, totally easy. And there was not really knowledge uh, around because uh, there was not really interesting books um, I don't have internet at home. I had internet in my company, but normally you had internet only in in the university. And in some points, it was not that uh, easy like like nowadays. And so it was really an amazing thing to meet people with the same uh, passion for uh, yeah technique and uh, design. I'm Henry. Uh, I work on uh, robots that can decide website, design websites. And uh, yeah, the first time I came to Seabase was probably during the uh, Free Desktop Summit in Berlin, like four-ish years ago. There was one of the conference pre or after parties there. And obviously enjoyed the place a lot. But uh, back then I talked with some members and the Seabase membership was kind of presented as a very exclusive thing. And so when we moved to Berlin, I didn't even think about it. But then uh, in one of the uh, meetups, technology meetups, we met a Seabase member and uh, he showed us uh, the ropes and uh, 
actually explained that yes, it's completely possible and easy to become a member. And uh, I think we signed on on the spot. And yeah, I've been going there once or twice a week ever since whenever I'm actually in Germany. The stories of exclusive and elusive membership, an underground attitude, this has surely led over the years, to, for some anyway, to think that Seabase is a secret place that doesn't want the world to know about it or you to visit. But in practice, as you'll hear often today, the opposite is true. Over the past decades, the place has served as a weekly, monthly, annual meeting place for a long list of communities, both technology and non-technology related, including performance spaces for various kinds of artists. In fact, groups and projects with national and international impact started and in some cases still meet at Seabase today. Yeah, in the 90s, there was uh, a policy that every computer on, on Seabase had to have a Linux on it. And there was a lot of Linux uh, freaks there who um, bring that to people. So I think, um, yeah, the, the administrators from that um, operation system, also they met really early in Seabase. Then uh, Freifunk, that is uh, wireless connections over Berlin. They started uh, at Seabase and they built uh, a lot of software, um, which is open source. And um, they connected um, the Berlin over the uh, rooftops once a month, a beginner workshop to build your own antennas and share your internet uh, access with others. And there was also uh, uh, people who um, made the software for access points better and more secure. And there was really a lot of activity to, to bring that to people. I mean, it's kind of uh, the thinking. So the thinking of uh, open source and uh, open um, minded and share knowledge was really deep in the uh, DNA of, of Seabase. So uh, every project uh, which is uh, coming with, with that um, behavior was really uh, a good thing. And we, we try to, to find them or they find us and uh, give them space. And uh, yeah. Hello, I'm T. I guess uh, I first of all met the people like some of the people from Seabase uh, in Denmark on a like uh, exotic wireless uh, community activity 12 or 13 years ago and then instead of going home we went straight to Berlin because they said the party uh, so we went for that party instead which was quite cool uh, and I met like all the other people there that I really like uh, it's like most of the people of Seabase why, why I like to go to Seabase Oh, 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 oh,
research paper analyzing oh, while the universe is waiting. Our love is hibernating this phenomenon. It's hard to get a handle on your heart. It's hard to get inside your heart. It's hard, it's hard. It's hard, it's hard. It's hard, it's hard. It's hard. You're listening to Source Code Berlin. I'm your host, Mark Fonseca Rendeiro, and we were just listening to Alfred Ladylike performing Cochlea and Come live at Seabase this past June. And anytime you visit or even talk about Seabase, the sounds, the music, it's always a part of the conversation from jam sessions to dance parties to experimental sounds. You name it, they got it. We turn now to the changes that have taken place in this legendary space for over the past 20 years, including not only membership, but what goes on inside and how Seabase interacts and relates to its neighborhood, because we're talking about Berlin, which has been changing so much over the last 10, 20 years. The cost of living rises, the demands of regulations and rules and increases in all kinds of things. How does Seabase manage this new complex Berlin? Um, the Seabase had changed a lot because uh, of maybe of the growing of the memberships. So we started with uh, 17 people and then in the end of ni 90s, we was about 150, 180, whatever. The space was limited. So at first we had a space which was, I think, 180 square meters. In that area, it was Oranienburger Straße. There was really that starting the new center of Berlin with really um, expensive stores and ex the, the street there uh, changed completely from, from an underground uh, area to really a mainstream thing. So we had to move because um, they want to um, renew the house. So um, we had to go out and find a space a little bit more offsite. But it was really a beautiful place. And we were, we, we were able to be uh, owner of that area. So because it is, uh, the house is uh, in a community. So we are a co-owner of, of that house. And yeah, that was really a cool opportunity for us. And then we take it and in 2004, and then we uh, got the final thing we have now was uh, more than 750 square meter. And I think that was one of the main changes. And uh, the other main change is to, to deal with, um, so much more people. So uh, in the beginning, everybody knows everyone because 100 people, that is easy. But now we are 500. And so I, I don't know every member. I don't know the name. It's really a completely different kind of communication and uh, organization to, to do things.
I'm Epunk. I'm, I'm the uh, communications officer now for a few years. I've been a member for a little more than 10 years. I got to know the Seabase a few times, uh, like 15 years ago, something like that, with uh, games events in the evening or some people doing private parties. I rented the place for a party actually in 2003, I think. It was when I was 10 years in Berlin. I celebrated at the Seabase. I became a member in, yeah, 10 years ago. Well, I'd say it's a bit, uh, it's not so dogmatic. Uh, there's lots of... Uh, funny chaotic stuff going on uh, interesting projects uh, stuff that sort of has a background uh, like with a point of view directed towards society uh, it has this like view from the outside as a craft space station as quite uh, sort of slightly distance and uh, I, I would imagine uh, some kind of judgment would be different uh, with that kind of alien distance to earth I think in, in the first years it was much, much more everybody was uh, on the same page with, with the story and with uh, that science fiction idea and there was a lot of um, things built and uh, um, after a while and uh, if you went bigger it was uh, a, a lot more anonymous and not so in that story but it came back. So, it, but it, uh, yeah, needed I think five or six years to to bring uh, the spirit of you can do things and uh, maybe our story and the science fiction part is the clamp of um, the complete space is is uh, kind of reinvented and now it's uh, inside the um, the crew as well. I immediately felt that um, Seabase is a space where I can be totally who I am and, and I can be as geeky and nerdy and crazy and creative as I like to. And no one just kind of even raises an eyebrow. They will just kind of pitch up uh, immediately back with uh, um, improvement or uh, a new idea. So there's this kind of you can say anything and you can do anything and, and it's kind of everything is possible at Seabase, mm -hmm. in a sense. And somehow I just kind of felt that on my uh, first evening. And then kind of, oh, of course, it just looks gorgeous. I think for 15 years, uh, we had no real uh, license. We was under the um, eye of, of the government a little bit, and it was not everything was uh, legal, something like that. And then we tried to be legal and... Um, the easiest way, uh, and it was really tough, it was not easy, but the easiest way was to get that uh, kind of license, and they had set funny names in, in bureaucracy. So. Uh, 
the, the, the main problem is when, when you're there at least once or two times a week, you, you, you don't know, you don't actually see a lot of change. But there was some months where well, it was like once a month there, or, or, or over the time of three or four months, and I really like, this is new. This is new. And then there's also these moments when you, you, you walk in there every week and every week and then, and then you, you, you look in a different corner and then is this new and then all, all the members say, no, this is there since three years. It's so really nice. And, and also the, all the, the projects that are up there. Uh, when I first were at Seabase, nobody would actually have thought of a Martellite. Now it's really part of, part of the culture here. Um, now we have our uh, secondary antenna for, for the camp. Our was this was a really nice project, and um, now also our uh, uh, the, the stairs downstairs uh, now also connected uh, somehow. And uh, when you walk on them, they, they change lights. This is really this is uh, how Seabase got more awesome, more and more. And now finally we also have uh, our sound lab back. Um, um, that was also one part I joined Seabase years ago, mm -hmm. but then there was a really hard problem that you couldn't, couldn't get into the sound lab because of uh, fungus. Now we have our sound lab back and it's really nice to get this working again. Really, this is Seabase. Uh, you you have something that you want to, that's really annoying you, or you have a great idea to that that would actually make Seabase more awesome. Then you sit down, uh, talk to one, two, three, ten members, and then most of them say, "Yeah, that's a great idea. Why why, why shouldn't you do it?" Uh, and then they say, and then you say, "Yeah, could you help me?" Ah, oh, I still have my own twenty projects laying around and. Yeah, but then uh, there, there are such projects that, that um, connect to so many members that they actually um, get done in, in such, uh, such a short time that you think, uh, w w really? <laughs> because usually C-based projects, member projects need a bit of time, thinking, more thinking, thinking about should I really do it? <laughs> yeah, but then there's also, like, like the, the antenna, I think, I, I heard a month or uh, one and a half months ago from that project and now we have it here. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that's really fascinating about Seabase is kind of the layers like there's so many artifacts and so many things there that probably nobody at the station nowadays even knows who they who built them, why were they built, but they're there. They're there, yeah. And uh, you know, new stuff like if I travel for work for a couple of weeks or a month or two months then you know I go to sea base and then there's all these new things there yeah and it's 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 fun to see how it kind of evolves continuously
the sounds of another sea bass related performance this time by matthias krebs entitled app music mobile making mobile music making from back in july 2013 this year in honor of the 20th birthday and knowing that so many people not only in berlin but around the world hold the club in such high regard seabase undertook a crowdfunding campaign to publish a book b-o-o-c that is which promised to document the excavation as well as all the activities and memories of the past two decades it would be full color with elaborate and rich illustrations not to mention chock full of testimony and stories by the very people that have made it happen. No, we had no really an idea and it was kind of a test uh, if, if we can uh, make that. Um, our idea was to, to print uh, a book and it should not be so expensive. And then we need, uh, need 1,000 pieces to print uh, to get a price which is for us a a good one. So we are um, under 20 euro with the book. And um, so the um, the question was uh, how we get uh, the money before we can print it. And then a lot of people um, retweeted uh, tweets from that um, or mentioned us. And so it was really cool in three weeks that we um, collect more than uh, 12,000 euro. You think about yourself as, as a nerd and they say, yeah, okay, a little bit weird, but then you are there and you have at least one person that is more weird than, weirder than you in, in, in like any case. It's, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm weird, weird in this and this uh, thing. And then you see, ah, okay, yeah, uh, there's this member that is uh, even weirder than me. Uh, we have this event, it's called Etc., where uh, we as Seabase have like an open door and show everything to uh, everyone who wants to come in. But then we also had um, an idea, why shouldn't we do something that, uh, to, to integrate uh, all the members? Because at the moment, only have like I think 550 members and n not all of them are really there at Seabase and you need to integrate we wanted to integrate them in in the in the in the uh, in the daily daily life of Seabase more and, and show what's what's happening there so we had this etc moving into a um, a member day, a crew, crew member day, which was really members only. Usually Seabase has uh, open doors um, every day, mm -hmm. but this day was really members only. Okay. Um, and we we did a lot of things that, that day. We, we created a small database for all the artifacts on, on that day. And uh, we, we put a lot of new artifacts into Seabase. Um, People, people thought about creating new artifacts. Uh, this, this was the, the, the this crew day was really one of the uh, really nicest moments in in uh, in, in the day. Sometime uh, member of Seabase, so I really would like to have more of these days. <laughs> Many times I just go there to hang out, do some barbecue, have a few beers. But every now and then there's interesting projects. We've done some workshops there, like we were programming some flying robots. Uh, one weekend and uh, we built the ingress table at the space station which was a pretty hectic uh, long weekend project i i flew to berlin from florence and then like went straight to sea base and then we were there more or less non-stop for the next uh, about 60 hours yeah. like building the hardware building the software doing the electronics for the table and then finally 
triumphantly carrying it to the uh, main hall and switching it on and having the first official beers on our new ingress table. I mean, now on the camp we, we had the book and people come from um, Argentina and from Brazil and say, oh, we need that book and it has to be on our hackerspace and we are so proud um, to, to, to have that. That was one thing. Then um, I went to, to New Delhi, India one time and uh, asked a hackerspace there if they have an idea, um, if we can meet each other. And they was really, they was so nice. And uh, they were they so proud that a member of the Seabase come and visit them. And it was such a cool day with uh, that guys. They, they were so happy and it is really amazing to, to get that feedback. They had these um, towel days back then, before I was a member, and I, I was there to celebrate towel day. That's uh, in celebration of Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's Guide. And it's always the 25th of May, and that was a Tuesday. And back in the old days, there was a cosmic stage. Uh, it's the jam session that they had every Tuesday. And uh, since that kind of clashed, uh, we started um, improvising. So the musicians would play stuff, and the people who would come took a microphone and read their favorite passages from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And that was a, a very, very funny, very, very nice evening. And I awoke the next morning with an electric bass guitar strapped around my back in the middle of the main hall and didn't know where all the people went. So I put the bass away and uh, kind of crept outside, closed the door and we're off. <laughs> about it for half a year kind of with different people and, and uh, throwing our, around ideas and then uh, we just kind of sat down and decided like okay let's pick a date or a weekend mm -hmm. and let's just build the whole thing in one go and everybody was like because seabase projects tend to last a bit longer so kind of it takes time and it, there's a lot of planning and then there's a lot, lot of projects that end up not kind of be ever finished or are on their 10th year of build up yeah. uh, and, and so um, basically everybody also um, I think um, suspected this to be happening to this project because it was a tall order uh, uh, from the moment that we needed to uh, write the software, kind of build the hardware and build the actual table and, and so it has kind of software and, and, and um, microcontrollers and a bit of carpentry uh, all mixed into one. And, uh, the joyous moment when we on Monday evening finally got the whole thing ready and, and, and the look on people's faces when they were like how the fuck can you pull something this massive so efficiently and so uh, nicely and And that was kind of the sense of accomplishment. When we were doing the NoFlow Kickstarter two years ago, and then the uh, Kickstarter campaign was about to close, 
and we negotiated with the barbot that he would also stay there with us until the campaign closes at like 11 a.m. on Monday. Yes. So we were with a nice tight uh, core sea-based group. Uh, we were sitting at the bar and you know talking, and then every hour we would check the latest uh, Kickstarter sum because we were not quite, you know. The number was going up and down all the time. And then we would shout the number and have a round of vodka and, you know, and then going to, you know, normal daytime Berlin out of there was pretty weird. a typical question in podcasting and, and in media where do we go from here i mean once a tiny crew of eager futuro archaeologists that few people knew about to a now large and internationally celebrated emulated group of people let's not forget they're a licensed institution of berlin the place where ambitious projects with lasting impact like freifunk the community wireless internet project wikipedia and wikimedia deutschland linux or Linux, if you're into that, the Pirate Party, OpenStreetMap, these and many more have their roots or some early connection to this place. What happens when it becomes 30 years old? Podcasters and interviewers love to wax lyrical about such questions and possibilities, but forget it. This is not a group that spends time worrying about where they're going. They're too busy making things and enjoying the ride. We've all been getting older. <laughs> But you're still fun. <laughs> oh, yes, of course it is. But uh, the, the, I'd say the, the spirit is very much uh, the same like it used to be. So that's, that's sort of like a constant rather than uh, a total change. And of course there's always new stuff. But uh, I'm... I'm I wouldn't like sort of uh, try to extrapolate into the future regarding Seabase because that's sort of uh, too too much of uh, to to actually say something. But uh, uh, I guess uh, the the thing that I hope is uh, that Seabase will last a lot longer. Yeah, it's. Um, I hope that we had more culture and more stuff which connects technic technical things and uh, social things. So don't know what it exactly is. And yeah, hopefully we get uh, maybe a part of a satellite uh, into the space. That would be nice. Well, maybe just by, because we're mostly hanging out at the sea base uh, village, but I have to say the whole camp feels like kind of an extension of sea base. Like just walking around there, you know, going for a drink or for a swim, you run into people that, you know, you occasionally run into also at sea base. You know, not members, you know, other hackers from all around the world that you meet in conferences and who often end up at sea base some evening. <laughs> Hoisting the TV tower to the campsite, we had internal knowledge of the time when the inspection, uh, when he left, so we could just kind of hoist the mast up because it's slightly too tall for the 
rules and regulations. But as it's eBay's, who gives a shit? <laughs> Okay, I confess that last part may not have had to do with the future of Seabase. It had very much to do with the present and the fun that they were having at camp. I just had to include it because it made me laugh so much. But there you have it. Crew members of Seabase as they celebrate 20 years of, well, making the world a more interesting place. A big thank you to everyone who participated in this program and many others who wanted to or provided other background information. As we mentioned, the book, B-O-O-C, those that supported the Kickstarter campaign are receiving them as we speak, but they will also very soon be available for purchasing. Just keep an eye on c-base.org, their website. I'm told the option to order will be up any day now. Maybe right now as you're listening, it's already up there. And that does it for today's program. Source Code Berlin is a Wikimedia Deutschland production with music today. Oh, by a long list. Alfred Ladylike, Ghost by Nature, Rocket Max, Moldover, Matthias Krebs, Visager, Yeah Yeah, all published under CC, SA licenses of various kinds. This program is published under a CCBYSA 4.0 license and edited by me. For those who can get to Amsterdam, a special announcement this September 27th, I'll be doing a live podcast interview at Studio Bar. Check today's show notes for further information. Until next time, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. Thanks for listening. So um, I really don't know. I just know that uh, hoisting the TV tower to the campsite, we had internal knowledge of the time when the inspection, uh, uh, when he left. So we could just kind of hoist the mast up because it's slightly too tall for the rules and regulations. But as it's eBay, who gives a shit? (laughs) 